Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nebbia. try to get myself in a good mood everyone jesus christ one of the worst pay-per-views in history of wwe i don't know we'll talk about it and i say we because they're more than just yours truly and uh deli man tonight uh, i'm gonna extract his eyeballs during the show what's up everyone this is your wwe extreme rules pay-per-view recap I am Don Tony as always, and I am joined along with me tonight. Kev Castle. What's, What's going on? Hot as fuck and annoyed as ever. Ah, oh, man. I, I tell you, I, I was actually looking forward to extreme rules. I thought, you know what? Cinematic matches. You know, I thought. Ray Wyatt and John Cena, I actually enjoyed that one more. Just by a little bit, but a little bit more than the AJ Styles Undertaker. Uh, only because of the psychological aspects of the Bray Wyatt John Cena. So I right. think, okay, you know, they did a good job with those two. They did an awesome job with Money in the Bank. So I said, what could go wrong with Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt? And then even Friday on SmackDown, when I did the recap, I said that, um, you know, Braun Strowman's promo, promo Friday was incredible. I mean, it almost felt like somebody put a fucking gun, a creative gun to his head, you know? Because right. it wasn't your typical, Bray, at Extreme Rules, I'm going to kill you. No, it was like, motherfucker, speak, yell, get, Bray, I'm going to kill you. I mean, I just thought it was great. And then we get extreme rules, and I'm reminded of... Ho, ho, ho. Green Giant. He is the fucking Green Giant. He's not an actor. And I tell you, man, in hindsight, this pay-per-view, I know we're in the middle of COVID, and my expectations are far lower than any other time in my wrestling lifetime. But I got to be honest with you, and I need to put my reading glasses on for this. I, I thought this pay-per-view sucked. Really? Yeah. What did, what did you think of this pay-per-view overall? I hated majority of it. I didn't mind the, the end of it, the way it ended with The Fiend and the Jason Friday 13th kind of thing. I, I kind of like that. But Braun is just not, he's not Undertaker, so he couldn't pull that off. And Bray is on the character level and the acting level of an AJ Styles, but... Again, you need the two parties to, to mesh well together, and I think the problem in this whole equation is Braun. Bray did a fine job, uh, but they can only get so much out of Braun. Even when he's sitting in the chair, he doesn't – even his facial expressions and the way he reacts, and you're right, the Green Giant stuff, he, he doesn't 
Again, you know, there you go. Exactly. He doesn't have it down packed. He didn't even react the right way a man would react if we saw Alexa Bliss. I mean, he just, it was, he was the problem. Bray did a good job, but we can break, break it down later as that's the closing of the show. But uh, overall, yeah, I, I, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a good time. I'm glad it ended early and, and we're doing this at the quarter to 10. So I have more fun doing this than I did watching that. Yeah, you, you want to know something? I actually agree with Brian Becerra. Um, you know, at least it ended early. I mean, it's not even 10 yeah. p.m. over here. No, so we get to finish early and, you know, we get to talk about it. Look, I'm not going to lie because I, I want to make this clear. There were some matches tonight that were fine. No. But as we go along, you'll I think people will quickly understand why I honestly think this is one of the worst WWE pay-per-views of all time. And that's not normal for me to say. I mean, this is kind of almost like, you know, like that great American bash that time that was the drizzling shits. Hell, I was reminiscing about TNA Victory Road 2009 and that Charmel Jenna Maraska match that we talked about Friday. There were parts of this that was just god awful. And my God, you know, the Rey Mysterio Seth Rollins match. And, you know, we're going to go in order as far as the matches tonight because I got pictures for everybody out there. But I, I, I think it's only apropos that we open up with this. Did you actually see the eyeball that got popped out of Rey Mysterio's eye? No, because for you typical me, I was at the refrigerator at that point looking for something to drink, and then I went back, and it was it was done at that point. They didn't show the replay. On honestly, now Seth Rollins throwing up, you know, I I call that evening sickness. You know, I know that I, that I saw that I saw. Yeah, I, saw I, I got right back when he was regurgitating on the floor. That I saw. Yeah, I didn't see the but, eye pop out. There. But I got to tell you, man. Um, I've told a lot of growing up Don Tony stories about yours truly fishing, especially freshwater fishing. And as oh, yeah. soon as soon as I saw that, I said to myself, that looks, and I'm not even joking when I say this, this looks like they went to the local sports authority or whatever sports stores are in that area of Florida and bought one of those fishing floats that you use for freshwater fishing that you like put at the end of the line with a hook and a worm and it just floats the red and white up and down, up and down and you wait and when you see the float go under, oh, I got a bite. I got a, it honestly looked like a fucking fishing float. A fishing right. float. And I'm saying to myself, <laughs> first of all, you know, I don't know if anybody noticed this, but, you know, the, a, a lot of this was live. So the fact that Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins was live, I started thinking about all of these people online that claim that they had sources that said they're using CGI technology and all this other stuff. And, yeah, they did all these special effects and it's just that. And, uh, and I'm realizing, you know, when I wrote on Twitter that Ray had two bulges during the night, I thought people would catch on to see where he actually had the, the eyeball hidden, you know, on him. And then he's got the bulge, you know, in the lower extremities of his, of his tights or, or his outfit. But the point is, you know, there was no CGI or nothing. It, it, this, I don't know, man. I, I just, ooh, oh, man, this was, this was not fun. But uh, listen, I, I just want to let everybody know. Friday, Don Tony show went three hours again. 
had an awesome, you know, reminiscing of history. We got into a lot of predictions, impact wrestling. You know, I nailed almost all of it. Eddie Edwards, the new champion. Tonight's pay-per-view got a lot of the predictions right as well. Um, the problem is, is that we're now 48 hours later and YouTube is still processing Friday night's video. From now on, all the shows have to be under 90 minutes to two hours. It cannot go over because this, what the YouTube processing, once you go over two hours, you get into territory where shit isn't available. And I am so sorry for everybody out there who has been emailing me and PMing me and saying, where's the rest of the show and this and that. So if I have to add another show Tuesday or another show Thursday or something on the weekend just to fill up you know, that time, I will. You know, shorter shows, but more shows. I think that is going to be the format going forward. But for everybody out there, I am very, very sorry for Friday. Um, I did put a Vimeo. I think that's how you pronounce it. Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O. I put a Vimeo link up for anybody that wants to get the whole video. I, I put it up for downloading. But the YouTube stuff, we got to keep it shorter from now on. So, um, so anyway, uh, you know, I guess let's, let's start it off. I mean, I'm polling everybody online. Um, yes, you know what? To, I know we're going a little bit out of place, but I actually have to agree with uh, Sam Lennon. Um, if there's anything that I'm happy about tonight is the fact that we have new tag team champs. Now, don't get me wrong, you know, I still feel that these title changes are designed to get the New Day into record territory as far as reigns go. You know, they, they're at eight. Now they're going to be at nine very, very soon, and then 10, 11, 12. So, you know, I love the fact that Cesaro and Nakamura are your new tag champs. What I don't like about it is that it feels like in the next month or so, they're probably going to drop those belts. And, um, you know, I, I don't know how you feel about this title change. I mean, that's one that I got wrong. I honestly thought the way they built it up for the last two weeks, you know, Cesaro and Nakamura kept coming out on top. And they come out on top again. You know, so what did, what did you think about the fact they changed the belts tonight? Well, surprise, especially since, you know, it's it's the worst kept secret that Nakamura and Cesaro only pushed because the Forgotten Sons got demoted because of something one of the guys said on uh, online a couple of weeks ago, a few a month and a half ago, I guess it was at this point. That's really what happened. You know, DT, the Forgotten Sons probably would have been in this position had, uh, what's his name, not opened his mouth. Jackson Riker. Uh, about, yeah, Jackson, 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 Jackson Riker. Clearly, that's what happened. So Nakamura and Cesaro benefited from that. I don't know if that was the, the game plan where they literally are getting the Forgotten Sons, you know, title run or whatever. This was the plan all along. They just slipped those two guys in there. It's a makeshift team. I mean, I said it online, like makeshift team won the belts. And you go, oh, Nakamura and Cesaro are two quality wrestlers. Yeah, they are. But, uh, you know, I'm not excited about that team. It's a, it's a, just a slop together team because they had to, they, they panic booked because of what happened with Forgotten Sons. They had to put somebody in there and slide them in. 
Uh, and before anybody's, oh, Cesaro deserves that. Yeah, everybody deserves everything. That's that's what I've learned in the last couple of days. Every wrestler deserves everything. I, I disagree um, about that with Cesaro and Nakamura because they were together uh, when Sami Zayn was still around, and Sami's been gone for longer than I think people realize. He, 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 he has, but you know it was the Forgotten Sons gig. You know what well, I'm saying? We, we don't know. I mean, you know, they, they were getting to that point, but at the same time, though, look, I mean, you know, heavy machinery is off TV. I mean, Otis is by the pool, you know, doing the recreation of Fast Times Ridgemont High, and then fucking he disappears in the swamp. There's a lot of, you know, see, this is the thing. I look at it like this, and this kind of leads to, like, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax and Sasha Banks and a few other things. You know, all you, need, you know, if you have, like, um, a car or you have an engine or something with a lot of moving parts, all you got to do is screw up break one little piece of that engine and it causes a chain reaction of other things going wrong. And I think when you look at what, what's going on with Nia Jax, I, a lot of people were almost convinced that Nia Jax and Asuka was going to be the next feud and possibility of Nia Jax getting the belt. Nia goes off TV. They shift this way. Becky Lynch gets pregnant. They shift to Asuka. You know, now Shayna Baszler is back. And, you know, that's that's the only reason why I thought Asuka was going to retain because Shayna Baszler should be next in line. Shayna Baszler is not going to feud with Sasha. And to be honest with you, um, until I see WWE's website say Sasha Banks is your new champion, I'm not buying this. This was to tease to lead into Raw. Oh, you want to know what the outcome is? Tune into Raw Monday. So, um, you know, but uh, look, they they were, you know, uh, Cesaro and Nakamura, they've been a tag team for a while now. And, you know, it almost felt, if people remember when they first formed, it kind of re felt like, to me, like the, the, the recreation of the League of Nations, you know, I mean, but I'm happy that they got a title. I'm happy that Nakamura got gold. I'm happy that Cesaro is getting a little bit of play on TV, but I'm still not sold that this is, put it this way, is anybody out there feel like there's any real momentum with Nakamura and Cesaro? Do you feel an internet no. buzz? I mean, to no. me, the, the tweet that got the most attention tonight on social media was Natty congratulating Cesaro. I didn't see fans in droves, you know, with the you deserve it stuff. No, and wasn't Nakamura like a singles champion a couple of months ago? So how, how have they been teaming all year? People are telling me. When was this? They've been teaming for a while. They, they were formed with Sami Zayn, and they were... They oh, were I, don't, I, don't, I don't watch SmackDown, so I got it now. Oh. Okay. Well, I, <laughs> I was, since I don't do the review anymore, I don't really watch it that much, so... Yeah. Well, that is your lineup from tonight, everyone, and we will get into it match by match. Extreme Rules, the horror show. Um, you know, like I said, you know... As we go through the review, I will give props for a few matches. Not everything was awful tonight. Maybe some of the execution or some of the, how some of the matches actually ended um, ended up ruining it. But I think once everything is said and done, I think a lot of people will agree that this might have been you know, one of the worst pay-per-views in the history of WWE. I, I don't mean to disrespect the wrestlers. Everybody tried. Everybody worked their ass off. And again, I'm happy that Cesaro Nakamura won gold, but just the overall pay-per-view was, was really kind of shit to me. So let, let's kick it off. Let's uh, get into Extreme Rules now. We were told early today 
that a kickoff match was going to go down, and that was Kevin Owens versus Murphy. Uh, decent match. Um, Kevin Owens selling the stunner, trying to hit it a couple of times early in the match. Um, it was kickoff, so it's not going to be one of those memorable matches that we'll remember a couple of months from now. Uh, felt almost like a Raw match, to be honest with you, but in the end, you have mm -hmm. Kevin Owens uh, coming off on top of, over Murphy. Yeah, I missed that match. I, man, I, I don't know if you saw my tweet early on. I was getting a cat off a hot tin roof. Oh, Oh. No, I seriously, well, me and my landlord were getting like a cat off a roof. No joke. And when I got in, is when the uh, knock them out, the tag team match started with New Day. So I missed that one match. All right. Well, it was a decent yeah. match. You know, I look, Kevin Owens, I'll say this, and I'm not saying anything that people don't already know. Kevin Owens has dropped some poundage over the last year or so. And even if he still had some added weight from before, that guy mm -hmm. does some outstanding you know, maneuvers, aerial stuff. I mean, I, I understand why Vince McMahon would say to him, you know, what is it going to take for you to stay? You know, uh, Kevin Owens, arguably, outside of Oscar, Kevin Owens might be the MVP for Raw. I mean, just as far as the overall package, reliable, great on the mic, great in the ring, you know, just well-respected online, you know, just just interactive with a lot of fans. Kevin Owens deserves a lot of props. I know some people were complaining that they were that you know they were regulated to pre-show. I look at mm -hmm. you know people, and yeah, not everybody could be on a pay-per-view. But I think about Alistair Black. I think about you know Andrade and uh, Hector Garza or, or Angel Garza, excuse me, uh, Caillo. I mean, I you could go down the list. There's a lot of people. You know, Viking Raiders, you know, Street Profit. I mean, there were a shitload of people that were yeah. absent on tonight's pay-per-view. So, um, but, you know, Kevin Owens versus uh, Murphy. Don't call him buddy. I thought it was pretty decent. Definitely thought it was decent. So, we, uh, we now start the actual pay-per-view itself. And the first match was actually for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Um, before the show even started, which I thought was pretty cool, you know, with the pre-show, they had the New Day actually uh, do a little skip with uh, Devon Dudley. Devon Dudley getting a little bit more um, video time, probably to put it. You know, I guess between, like, the bump and doing kickoff shows. Uh, I always smile when I actually see Devon on television. Yeah, he never, he's still the agent there. He never lost his gig like no, other people. You know? No, and as I said, Friday, Friday at midnight, some people were officially gone from WWE. Those 90-day no-competes were up, and I saw Lance Storm's tweet yesterday that for the first mm -hmm. time since 1994, he's unemployed in pro wrestling. Wow. Yeah, so, um, so the opening match for the pay-per-view today was the tag match. What did you think of the tag match? I thought it was pretty good. I mean, again, I'm not the biggest knockup Cesaro fan. I like the New Day, you know, well enough. Uh, but I was surprised that they lost the belts. I thought it was a pretty good opener. Uh, you know, New Day, I'm sure, will get the belts back. It's just something to, you know, have uh, the good guys chase the bad guys, I think, with the belts. Uh, it was, a, you know, it was uh, probably the right move as far as now getting the excitement for the New Day to get them back. I mean, for the fan base, that's a New Day. I don't see anybody else coming to take them. I'm thinking New Day are going to are going to get him again, not probably at SummerSlam, maybe maybe they'll have him for a couple of uh, 
couple of months, unless a new team is brought up or some team they put together. But um, hopefully they have a means to an end for this of why they switched the belts tonight. What did you think of the finish? I thought the finish was good. I thought it was good. I mean, again, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, shit on their talent. Cesaro and Nakamura put on a great match. They always do. Cesaro's a great wrestler. He does a lot of daring things in great condition. Nakamura's great. But again, I just, uh, you know, there's, and also again, there's no, there's no crowd to react to it or whatever. I always act like, uh, you know, uh, how this would have been in front of a live crowd. I wonder how they would have reacted some of these moves and, and some of the move sets. Um, but I thought it was it was good enough. But I'm thinking, like I said, the New Day are just going to probably wind up, in the end, having like the record for most tag team titles in WWE. Concern for Kofi at all? Uh, I don't know. What's, the, what's his uh, condition as of now? Well, I mean, he took that... You know, no, no, is, there, no, is there something coming? Is there something online no, right now about no. it? No, he just he took a horrible spill. It looked like on television halfway through the match, and then they put him through, you know, through two tables. You know, tables, the, power, yeah, no. the power bomb. I mean, you know, it, out of everything that went down tonight, that spot with Kofi going through the two tables. I was like, man, this fucking guy, you know, look, you know, he's in phenomenal shape. But, you know, he's been wrestling for many, many years now. And to no, see he's, him- he's a little older now, too. Yeah, you know, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm looking even online. I want to see if there's anything, you know, anybody said that he's actually hurt. I didn't see anything. No, 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 no. I didn't, oh, yeah, there yeah. was no reports that he was hurt. But, you know, in the, yeah. that spot early on in the match, you know, it just didn't look right with him. Nah. And then to see him take the power bomb off the top rope through two tables and the spot was was awesome. I mean, it, it was. just it just looked really really brutal. I mean, they weren't gonna pull up Big E. I mean, and put him through two tables from the top nah, rope. But nah. I I enjoyed the match. I definitely enjoyed the match. But yeah, it's um, good opener. Good opener. Yeah. Yeah, I want to throw this out there right now because this actually ties into Patreon a little bit. You know, a lot of people, including yours truly was really under the impression we were getting the bar fight tonight between Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. I know there was, uh, yeah, there was a discussion that it was going to take place on SmackDown, but you know, a lot of people were talking that, Hey, no, it's going to happen. Extreme rules, especially the whole challenge was, you know, it felt like it was for the pay-per-view. So now with Patreon, you know, we got some dilemmas on Patreon. Number one, the bar fight did not happen. So I gave everybody the choice do we just give everybody a point or do we wait till Friday SmackDown, see what the outcome is, and then whoever predicted the match right gets a point? So everybody, for the most part, chose just give everybody a point tonight. The problem also is, is that the um, the title match between MVP and Apollo Crews was the tiebreaker. So uh, when we get to that match, people will realize why I don't know... I have to think about this, how we deal with the tiebreaker. Hopefully it's not even needed, but I'm, I'm a little uh, concerned about that. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'll be honest with you. As of right now, maybe my mind changes as I go along. I don't think it will. New Day versus Cesaro and Nakamura was probably my favorite match of the night. Really? Okay. What, what was your favorite match of the night? Uh, again, I'm going to get... 
shit for this, but I like this, I, the Swamp match. I just liked it. I don't know. I like the ending of it. I like the way it kind of ended. I I mean, I guess, but if you're talking about from a physicality point, now nah, obviously it wasn't a great match. I liked it as a segment. Okay, I'll say that as a segment I liked. The best match I liked it at night, even though it's a little early and we're going in chronological order, uh, and we'll discuss it more, was Oscar and Sasha Banks. Okay, all right. Well, I actually have a lot to say about that match in a little bit, but you know, we'll do this in order. So um, we have your new tag champs, Nakamura and Cesaro, which I'm very happy about. Um, now let's see how long they keep them for. The big question exactly. is, are they going to feud with heavy machinery? Are they going to be back very, very soon? Or is the, the feud with New Day going to continue? I have a feeling that actually it's going to segue. Maybe it might not even be machinery or New Day. I just don't want to see right now Cesaro, Nakamura, and New Day to continue. If that feud continues, then New Day is definitely getting those back belts back sooner or later. But right. next we had Bailey uh, defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Nikki Cross. No disrespect to Nikki Cross. Ugh. I talked about it on Friday. I actually enjoy her work, but this you know thing that I got my family from Scotland. They don't want me to see me lose oh. every time I'm on TV. Why do I sound a little bit like Ronnie Piper? I, I sound I don't know what I sound like, but you know <laughs> my family from Scotland. I cannot lose. I cannot lose. Oh, you know Alexa Bliss acting like Tony Robbins. You know, and then you got Oscar and Kyrie saying we're still your friends if you lose. Blah 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 blah. Um, I didn't think there was any chance in hell of Bailey losing that belt tonight. And um, it was a fun match. Towards the end, you started to think, hey, maybe this is Nikki Cross's night. Maybe she will have a segment later on after the pay-per-view goes off the air. To my family in Scotland, look, I did it. No, I don't think so. Uh, Bailey gets the knucks from Sasha Banks. Little cheap shot, knocked out. One, two, three. Uh, Bailey retains. What did you think of that match? I thought it was okay. I mean, I didn't think that she had any chance in hell of winning the title. No way. Um, I thought, you know, Bailey is getting much more comfortable as this annoying heel. I'm liking, I'm liking hating her. Let's just put it to you that way. I'm enjoying hating her uh, in a good wrestling type of way. Um, but Nikki, she had no chance. Just like Dolph Ziggler, and we'll get into that too. These, uh, you know, number one contenders, you want to call them, like Nikki and Dolph, it's head shaking. It's like, it's, it's you know, midsummer covid you know, it's still it is what it is in society and, you know, no crowds for any sporting events. So why not? You know, Nikki, you know, again, deserves it, I guess. I hate that terminology. Um, but it was a decent match, but I didn't expect much from it because you knew damn well, just like with Dolph, there's no, not even an inch, not even a, a slither of a chance of her winning. Not not even a slither. You know what I mean? See, like you could say New Day and Nakamura. Surprise, was a nice surprise. But they could have won on paper and theory. It, it, of course they could win. They're, they're top guys in a way, especially Nakamura, still considered a guy who can probably win any title at any time. Nikki and Dolph, and I put Nikki, uh, Dolph is another story, but uh, Nikki Cross is still young in her career. Dolph is getting on in his career. But uh, again, it's just a tweener, and it's just something to do. It's something to throw out there before SummerSlam pay-per-view, uh, which they wouldn't put such an insignificant match on there uh, for the championship. I would hope not. I would hope not. But 
And, I, and I'm, I can't take Nikki Cross's new character. I like when she was acting crazy and acting like Daphne from WCW. That was the Nikki I liked. I don't like this Nikki. I don't like it. Well, so I was, uh, you know, I, I was at, I was taken out of the match right away because I knew what the end conclusion was going to be. You think uh, they're going to start teasing maybe a split between Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross? Well, eventually they will, of course, you know. But I would, you know, I, Alexa makes a horrible baby face. She has to go back to being a heel, straight up heel. Nikki Cross can be a great baby face by herself. Uh, and going back to kind of the crazy girl gimmick, but I don't know if they really want to do that. Um, but I think eventually there'll be a split, sure. But again, it was a foregone conclusion what was going to happen tonight, but it's you know, good for Nikki Cross that she gets an elevation of a match like that in her career. She gets title shot on a pay-per-view. Good for her. Mm. But it was a foregone conclusion. You know that, DT. Yeah. my I thought the match was excellent. I mean, Nikki Cross can go. Bailey can grow, go, obviously. The only problem I did, and Daniel son, I agree. I mean, you know, we had a decent weekend in wrestling. I mean, you know, obviously we're not going to talk about Impact Wrestling here, but you know, for what it, you know, what they offered, it was definitely you know not a bad show. I don't know if it was worth the money that they charged, but it was not a bad show. Um, I'm not shitting on Cesaro Nakamura versus the New Day at all. I'm not shitting on. Bailey, Nikki Cross at all for the work that they did. As you'll hear later on, I am not shitting on Asuka and Sasha Banks at all. The problem I had with Nikki Cross versus Bailey is the same problem that I have with Asuka and Sasha Banks. And again, you know, I hope people actually hear what I'm saying and listen to it because it's the same thing that I've been saying for a couple of weeks now. You know, you keep getting fed. You get fed your favorite dish, your favorite dinner. You're going to savor it and enjoy it, or one of your favorites. But if you keep getting that fed day after day after day after day, or week after week after week after week, you start to get sick of it a little bit. And the Nikki Cross Bailey, sure, it was to set up their pay-per-view match. And WWE tried hard to give that suspension of disbelief, that doubt in people's minds that, hey, maybe it will be Nikki Cross's night. But they have oversaturated, in my opinion, they have oversaturated Bailey, Sasha Banks, and Nikki Cross. Asuka, not as much if people actually should follow closely, but right. um, they've oversaturated their television program so much that the matches tonight felt like just another Raw match and just another SmackDown match. The formula was almost the same, you know? Mm -hmm. So, again, I'm not criticizing the match itself or the work. It was excellent. But anybody out there, honestly, six months from now, a year from now, is anybody going to remember the Oscar-Sasha Banks match or the Bailey-Nikki Cross match from Extreme Rules and really point that out to everyone? You know, you had tag matches, you had singles matches. There's been so much back and forth with those four that it didn't feel as special anymore. I think at this point, they have to move on. I think at this point, if they're going to do Asuka, I mean, Bailey versus Sasha at SummerSlam, they really need to change direction of this this storyline. Because, yeah. I mean, I'm not blaming the low ratings on them. It's the overall product. But, you know, everybody had orgasms when Sasha and Io Shirai drew 900,000. 
I don't think people are orgasming if they get to draw 900,000 on Monday night or Friday night. You know, no, it's true. I mean, it's just, it's too much. In my opinion, it's too much. And by the way, shout out to everybody tuning in live on Absolutely. the recap as well. But uh, shout out to everybody. But um, I, I thought the match was fine. But again, a little bit too much. Getting a little bit sick and tired of seeing the same interaction. I know maybe we were going to save this for tomorrow, but maybe it's mm -hmm. a good conversation to have now just to try to, you know, add some nice conversation to tonight. But I saw over the weekend everybody, uh, well, not in everybody, but I saw people out there outspoken about how Naomi's been used the last two weeks on TV. Right. To, to hashtag give Naomi a chance of this and that. And, you know, Twitter doesn't help. And yeah. Because what they do is, oh, you know, topics, trending, and it's not just by numbers. They decided to actually put as a trending item that wrestling fans speak out in droves about Naomi's current status in the WWE. What did you think about all of that? I thought it was nonsense. I mean, she was champion before. They gave her a chance, and it wasn't very good. Uh, there's a lot of, again, here's the thing. The, deserves it is very select. You know, opinions vary on everybody, DT. You can say me, and you can have baseball talks forever about who on the Mets or the, deserves this, deserves to start, ba ba ba, go back and forth. It's very select. I don't know what the Naomi fascination is now. And people talking about the biggest pop she got when she came was the Royal Rumble. And I'm like, yeah, it was on the level of Ultimate Warrior or SummerSlam 88. I mean, calm down. I mean, I don't dislike Naomi, but let's get a grip. And she was champion before. Okay? You can't blame Charlotte now. She's not here. Um, they're not choosing to go with that. They're going with Sasha Banks and they're going with Bailey. And wasn't everybody complaining that give Sasha a chance and Bailey wasn't being utilized as a champion as she should? Now they're a dominating force and different ethnicities, by the way. Sasha Banks is a different ethnicity. She's not a white girl. So, again, I don't know what it is. Is it race? Is it, is it really uh, talent? What, what is this based on? Uh, you know, I know everybody hates Lacey Evans, but it's not, has nothing, and you know the same thing, DT, Lacey Evans has nothing to do with it. They, this is the way they booked them. You know, it's not anybody's fault. They wanted Lacey Evans to have a win uh, over Naomi. That's the way it goes. Everybody does the job at some point. I mean, Andre the Giant did the job at some point. You know what I mean? Everybody has to do that. So Naomi's no better than anybody else. I don't get it. They're not mistreating her. She's not a mistreated girl. Uh, again, DT, you're right. I don't know how they do that trending thing, but I don't know what that was all about. Uh, again, because she was it because she lost to uh, Lacey, you think, DT, and the hatred for Lacey? I think it's because she lost the way she did against Lacey and doing karaoke the week before. Um, right. Honestly, uh, Naomi is one of the better stars that WWE has. But, you know, <laughs> it's you run into a real slippery slope when someone that you like is not being utilized the way you want it to be. Right. Because there are other women in wrestling and men in wrestling that people out there may not like. And then when you see other people, I'll give you a good example, Dolph Ziggler. Now, Dolph Ziggler has a longer career than Naomi, but Dolph Ziggler, you know, I actually like his character. I love that he gets under people's skin that much. I enjoy his character. I don't mind seeing Dolph Ziggler on television. Even The Rock actually tweeted over the weekend that he's actually cool if Dolph Ziggler was a heavyweight champion. And people oh seem to forget. You know what, I mean, and you know what? The more I think about it, 
you could kind of compare the two. Because I will still say, to the day I die, that one of the biggest pops in the current WWE era that I remember watching is when Dolph Ziggler cashed in the Money in the Bank briefcase. If people have forgot about that moment, go rewatch it and just see. I mean, sure, a lot of fans pop at the surprise factor of it, but that guy got a tremendous, tremendous pop. So if people want to use that for Royal Rumble for Naomi, then I'm going to use that for Dolph Ziggler catching his briefcase. Now, a lot of people out there right now are like, oh, the hell with Dolph Ziggler. Are you crazy? He sucks. He shouldn't be on TV. Well, here's my point. You you feel that way about Naomi. Well, maybe I don't feel that way about Naomi. I feel that way about Dolph Ziggler the same way you all feel about Naomi. So what makes mine any different than yours? That's the slippery slope people have to right. be careful about because I, you start Yeah, you start doing these hashtags, you know, oh, you know, blah, 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 mistreated, misused, miss this. And, and I'm not, I don't like drawing the race card anymore if people notice. You know, I, I get older, I adapt, I learn, I grow, you know, I, I adjust. No, no, but you, you, you ask questions of what is, what is it that people are asking? No, 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 but I, I don't, honestly, I could care less what people are asking. My point right. is, somebody posted a picture about a week or two ago and mm -hmm. it was all champions, you know, um, of different nationalities. And it was like, I think they said something like 13 of the WWE championships are people, I don't even like using the term minority because minority sounds inf inferior or sounds smaller. Uh, that's what minority means. But Well, but, we were on the minority report, so. Yeah, but the thing yes. the thing is, well, that even though it was minority, we had too many hosts, to be honest with you. That's true, that is true. We had, what, four and a half? <laughs> I thought we had 11. We have four and a half. <laughs> you know? Uh, I know what you mean. I'm not saying No, but, but, you know, you see how many people, you know, that have the championship belts now. You can't use that excuse anymore. Oh, they don't push minorities. They don't push people of color. They don't push this. That's no longer an excuse. I honestly, to answer your question, I honestly don't think that the people speaking out on Naomi has anything to do with color anymore. I think it has almost nothing to do with color. Some people out there may use the color aspect to try to put a guilt trip on someone, you know. That, but I personally think that it, it, and even WWE, I think it's just, you know, wrestling is cyclical. You know, not everybody could be pushed their entire career. Not everybody of could course. be pushed when you want them pushed. So right now, you know, they're focused on these these other women wrestlers and Naomi it's not her time for it but if people out there start trying to do this trend thing and Twitter you know eats it up and makes it you know a topic and you start changing storylines to go along with that then people will speak out on every single person they feel are being oh, underutilized yeah. and you start doing that that's why I was so pissed off with Tony Khan uh, you know arguing with people online about demos you know Leave that to the executives behind the scenes in a meeting. Don't exactly. fall into that where you start paying attention to a small group of people on social media and changing or you know falling into that trap. Almost everybody out there that was going back and forth with Tony Khan about ratings don't give a flying fuck about AEW. You know, so I personally think with the Naomi situation, um, if WWE's gonna in the near future 
give her a run again or give her a push. That's fine. But don't right. do it because some people online, you know, start a trend or everybody starts retweeting this hashtag and stuff like that. You do it because you're you're an entertainment product, you know, and you and things have to be done for certain reasons. And, you know, I I I don't mind Naomi getting into a main push right now, but again, if they're gonna have Sasha versus Bailey as a focal point, Shayna Baszler, they just put on TV. You know, yeah. people need to understand something. Oscar is the Raw Women's Champion. Bailey yeah. is the SmackDown Women's Champion. Naomi is on SmackDown. So yeah. if you know that Bailey and and Sasha Banks are going to be the the next feud amongst themselves, that's not going to only take place for two weeks. That may go months. You have Naomi on the same brand as Bailey. So people need to think before hashtagging stuff because you can't say in one sentence, oh, Bailey and Sasha Banks, they need to feud now. And then you write right after that hashtag, give Naomi a chance. How do yeah, how? you do that if Bailey and Sasha Banks are in the same brand and Bailey's the champion? People need to think about writing stuff. Exactly. And it's not like there's no other secondary title, like there's a U.S. title for the women, unless they want to do that. Then Naomi would be that. And I don't, again, I look at Oscar, I look at Sasha Banks, I look at, you know, people like Becky and, and Charlotte Flair. And I'm sorry, I do not put Naomi on that level. It's like I didn't put Tito Santana on the level of, uh, you know, Hogan and Macho Man. It just wasn't there. I don't, I don't see it. And I'm saying that as a fan. I'm not saying that as some biased person. If I, you know, and I'm, again, you can't make somebody something that they're not. If there was another title, and I'm, maybe they'll do this, an Intercontinental or a U.S. title version for the women, Naomi would be good for that title. But as far as I can't see Naomi going 30 minutes with Oscar. Uh, um, Wait, did you say that it should be another belt for women? If there was another belt for women in on that secondary level, like an IC or U.S. title, if there was, that would be something that I okay. could see Naomi getting, not the world title. Because again, I don't. Uh, uh, Naomi's very showy. Feel the glow and the gymnastics and stuff. Very showy. But I don't see her pulling like on Anderson moves or some you know Luthez match with Oscar. I, she doesn't have that. She doesn't have that kind of move set. You know, she's very showy. You know, the ass bump, the leapfrog, the stuff like that, very showy, which is fine. But she can't hang with Asuka in a 30-minute match like Sasha Banks, I think, could. Uh, I just don't see it. You know, that's my personal opinion. It's nothing against the girl. I think she's a sweetheart. Yeah. But other than that, I, uh, from a booking perspective and a fan perspective, she's not. she got the world title. Maybe she'll get it again down the road. But the girls who are in the mix right now are better than her. Yeah. That's, just, that's just a fact. And and I think, you know, Christopher Steffens brings up the point, too. We've seen Sasha multiple times wearing... Up, down, up, down, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but wearing, you know, Bailey's title, looking at... You know, so you could see, you know, she, you know you're going to see a segment on SmackDown where she's looking down at that title and just looking at it and oh, looking yeah, at course. it and putting that thought in people's mind like, oh, she wants that belt. She wants that belt. And maybe Bailey, they should do that on TV where Bailey is looking at Sasha, who is looking at the belt. And Bailey's like, Bailey's got to do like, like she's looking at Sasha and then looking at the fact that Sasha's looking at her title. Like, it's mine. That's mine. So yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So good discussion, uh, though. Yeah, yeah. So next match, and we have a little bit of a dilemma here. Mm -hmm. United States Championship 
MVP challenging Apollo Crews. And you know what? Give kudos to WWE for one thing. One thing that they kind of picked up on. I talked about it last week. Um, you know, Apollo Crews has never in storyline been presented that new championship. So yeah. in the banners for tonight's pay-per-view, they showed Apollo Crews posing with the old championship design. But the match tonight was MVP versus Apollo Crews. What did you think of that match? The match that never happened, you mean? Uh, I, I like the belt that uh, MVP is uh, walking walking around with. Uh, I like the belt. Does that count? Look, I mean, I don't know if Apollo Crews has got COVID. I don't know if I don't, he... I don't know what his story is. But yeah. the funny thing is, and I say this with all due respect, this was a problem for a couple of weeks now. Two or three weeks ago on our show, we pointed out that Paulo Cruz has not been on television. And then MVP comes out with the new championship design, and Apollo Cruz doesn't come out to confront him. Instead, we get Ricochet, you know, Dirty Sanchez, and Cedric Alexander. Still, Apollo Cruz, nowhere to be found. Not even like Daniel Bryan, where they could do a Zoom video where he's in the woods all by himself, where the only person he could get COVID is maybe the ants on the floor or maybe the birds in the trees. Paolo Cruz just disappeared. And as the last week is going on, I'm seeing Apollo Cruz doing interviews. Oh, I am, I'm confident about my push, even though Paul Heyman's not there anymore. And this is an Adam, blah, 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 blah. And this felt like... Braun and Goldberg that, you know, Triple H, when he was interviewed, he's like, you know, they were wondering, like, what's going to happen with Roman Reigns not appearing at Mania? Oh, no, 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 let the storyline play out on TV. That's what Triple H told everybody. Let it play out on TV. And what happened on TV? Oh, Roman Reigns cannot compete, so Braun Strowman will take his place. There was no storyline. So tonight, right. we're expecting the U.S. title match, and all they say is that... He was not medically cleared. This is this is why the pay-per-view really started to piss me off. The end of the Bailey match using the brass knucks, it's extreme rules. Okay, fine. It's extreme rules. You use the knucks, it's extreme rules, makes sense. But now we're 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 in a pay-per-view where somebody could rip somebody's eye out, somebody's gonna battle in a swamp, that weapons and other things are fine. And then someone is not medically cleared to have their match because of the injury from a month earlier. Extreme rules, it should feel unsanctioned. It should feel this. Apollo Crews has not even cut a fucking promo on television. So explain to me why they did this for the last three weeks. Now, I am not one that likes to speculate. But if Apollo Crews was not comfortable to compete because of people testing positive. You know, this is something that should have been ironed out a couple of weeks ago, so WWE goes in a different direction. The fact that they waited until pay-per-view time to announce this, I'm gonna, I'm just making a guess. I think this guy got COVID, and I think yeah. that this guy is not fully ready to return to the ring, 
and they waited up until last minute to see if he was strong enough or completely, I mean, maybe there was not enough time or something. Maybe we'll hear that he missed the COVID test and they didn't want to put him on TV, on TV because of that. But all I know is that to just hand it to MVP after all of this is just piss poor, junk, garbage, awful, moronic. And to me, honestly, unless they do some major swerve, and it, and, and let me say all this too. If Apollo Crews shows up on Monday, that raw, that makes this looks even worse. So yeah. I don't think he will show up the day later. But what does this do with Apollo Crews' current momentum? To me, I think his momentum is shot now. I think I, I don't. Again, the mystery. What is wrong with him? I think you're right, DT. I think he might have uh, COVID, and they're never gonna say that on television. And if he does, I hope he gets better. I, yeah, absolutely, oh yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, but yeah. you know, this is an entertainment company. You know, yeah. if you cannot, you know, it's like a soap opera. If you're in the middle of a major storyline and then you cannot show up, you know, soap operas, movies, entertainments, you know, episodic TV shows, they don't put stuff on hold. You know, like if, if somebody in in a, in a soap opera is cr in critical condition in a hospital, you know, in the storyline, and then that person gets COVID, you know, they're not going to leave them on leave the person on life support for fucking one or two months on television. Gets oh, to a point where you got to change direction. And in my opinion, you know, it's a shame, but I think Apollo Cruz. What what's what, what was that? Uh, who was the the other dog on Family Guy? Not not the regular dog. Vinny. 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 Yeah. You blew it. You blew it. Apollo, you blew it. You blew it. You know, Apollo Cruz, you blew it. You blew it. You blew it. You blew it. Uh, yeah, he's just snake bit. You think DT's just some people's careers are snake bit and it just it's nobody's fault. It's just timing and circumstances. He'll recover. He'll recover. Yeah. But my God, you know, I mean, if I'm been frustrated. For my run, you know, look, we don't, if he got it, we don't know how he got it. But all I know is that, you know, if you're careful, the chances of you getting is slim to none. If you're extremely careful, if you wear a mask, if you stay away from people, you social distance, you know, I don't know what the circumstances were where he caught it. But if he caught it, but the only excuse that I could give is that he caught it. Because if he didn't catch it and doesn't feel comfortable, sure, I get it. You don't feel comfortable. you got family, relationship, old, older parents. You're very afraid. I respect that. If that's the case, you should not have been put in that position to have the U.S. title in the first place. If no. you were very concerned enough about COVID that you're very nervous and this, this and that, then you you they you do other plans. You don't wait until pay-per-view night and say that he's not medically cleared. To me, that's just a god awful, no excuse for that. That's almost on the level of Goldberg and Braun Strowman's announcement for Mania. That's not bad. Not true. Yeah. I mean it is what it is. But uh, can he, can he, they re-push him and him gain back momentum? I guess time will tell. I mean, it's not a foregone conclusion, DT. You think that he's done, right? Yeah. Um, 
It's, so, it's somebody once again asked about Jeff Hardy, D- Dorian Moore. Like I said, they're saving it for SmackDown on Friday, so that it's will Friday, be right? probably the main event for SmackDown. The bar fight with Sheamus and uh, and you know what? Who knows? Maybe that's when Elias comes back or somebody's going to come back. I think you know you might see you know an appearance from uh, somebody. This Friday isn't um, well. The next Smack next Friday, this Friday, whatever you want to call it, isn't it? Uh, Randy Orton versus Big Show on the main event. And right, is Monday. it Friday? Right? Oh, it's Monday. Yeah. Tomorrow. Oh, it's, all right. That's raw. No, it's not. No, tomorrow. Oh yeah, it's raw. It's Sunday. That's right. I'm yeah. off with my days here. So that's tomorrow. And then Friday should be the bar fight. So two ma- matches they probably normally would add on pay per view will headline both Raw and SmackDown. Yep. Mm-hmm. Next, we got this. Eye for an eye. The only way you could win is by extracting the other person's eye. Yep. Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins. Now, I got to be honest with you. I thought this match, as it went along, was excellent. The problem that I had with this match was the beginning and the end. And unfortunately, you know, when your first impression kind of like sets everything up, it's almost like if you go on a blind date and you see the person and the person smiles and when they smile, they got CM Punk orange colored teeth, you know, or, or they got a booger hanging out of their nose. Like it's really hard to like get past that when you get that first impression, like that's the first thing you see. And when Mysterio and Seth Rollins started their match, you do drop kicks and flips and wrestling maneuvers as your way of trying to extract an eyeball. After everything with the storyline, eye for an eye, Seth, eye for an eye. And the first thing you think that's like back in the day when I used to say there was like no holds barred match. You know, Shawn Michaels, uh, Triple H. It was so bad that it was black and white on TV because they didn't want to show the blood. And then the first no. thing they do when they hit the ring, they do a collar and elbow tie up. What the fuck was their wrestling moves to open up this match? This should have been absolute brawl. Just. Be, I mean, eventually it did lead, you know, toolbox, trying to grab pliers and Singapore canes right. and trying to go. But, you know, again, this was live. So I was curious, how are they going to segue from live to special effects? Because remember, all these sources online said they're doing CGI, computer graphics. They're doing this. They're doing that. You remember the, the fake... News, the websites, what did they say? WW, people I think forgot about this tonight. Think of all of those jackasses that I rip. I didn't do it for the month of July because July is goo free month and we're already almost three weeks into it. But I want everybody to think about this. Think about those websites that said last week and a week before that WWE hired, hired CGI experts. And I even think one website went far enough to say that they hired a specific individual to do the special effects for Rey Mysterio. What was was that individual's person's job to do? To just go down to the lake and steal some little kid's freaking fishing float? Yeah. Because that's what it looked like. I mean, they kind of tried to tease that Rey got Seth's eye 
on you know the guard you know, the to the edge of the, the 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 ring steps you know the the metal steps which to be honest with you i personally think covid or no covid do you really want someone's eye where it has the mucous membranes leaning against dirty ring steps you know what I mean? It's I, I, What did they do? Wipe the steps down, you know, with 10,000 quarts before they had this match? I just think for sanitary reasons, how do you want someone, even though Seth is in control of how his eye is being pushed down or the perception of it and Ray as well, but just germ factor and you have mucous membranes in the corner of the eye. Doing that, I just thought was stupid from the get-go and then, you know, it, it, there was some great, you know, offense towards the end. And Ray constantly putting Seth into the to the plexiglass, even did like a sunset flip once. And it told a great story in the middle. But in the end, I don't know if I missed something. But Seth's eye is against the edge of the, the, the ring steps, right? the metal steps. And it, it almost looked like he hulked up, like he had just got his eye rammed, you know, like shoved into the steps. And next thing I know, he's hitting a move on Rey Mysterio. And I'm like, this fucking guy just hulk up from he, he, he you know what I mean? Like he was still holding yeah. his eye, but he's not like in, writhing in pain and, you know, on the ground. He starts hitting Rey Mysterio with offense like immediately after. And I just thought the end of this match was god awful and then i'll post the picture again then they do the close-up where ray mysterio it honestly looks like if anybody goes to my twitter at don tony d i posted what one of these fishing floats look like i Mm. honestly think this is a fishing float this looks like a fishing float i mean it you even see the nipple part. It looks like a little bit of the nipple part. They, what they probably did was remove the hook area where you tied a line to. But he's writhing in pain. And then Seth Rollins like looks away and Seth Rollins starts vomiting and they bring him to the back. And then we get a little update later on. And Charlie Caruso, I, I honestly, I don't know how Charlie Caruso didn't start laughing. But Charlie Caruso, when she's like, oh, Ray's at the hospital, and, you know, they think that they could save the eye, you know. I mean, it reminded me of the Naked Gun, where, what was the guy, not, what was, uh, the, 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 you know, uh, Kennedy, what was the name of his character? George Kennedy, oh, I can't remember. Do you remember uh, the physician that George Kennedy and um, Drebin go into the to the doctor's office and you hear somebody say, I think we could save his uh, his eye. Where oh, would you Ed, like Ed, it Ed saved? Was, Ed you was know? his name, DT, Ed. Oh, it was, I think it was something like that, but I remember him saying, I think we could save his eye. Where would you like it saved? I mean, it was just like <laughs> naked gun dopiness. This was, of course it couldn't be gory because there's a lot of younger people watching this, you know, but I just, it's not Halloween. I don't know what the fuck the purpose was oh, with this. Called, well, it was called the theme horror show, though, DT. You don't think I'm allowed to do that? Horror fuck show? This, this eye. That guy. Horrendous. This was horrendous. 
it was horrendous. I mean, honestly, the match didn't need a stipulation like this. They could have done a stipulation where it was extreme. Well, obviously, they didn't want to do extreme rules because of a match we get into later on. But they could have done something where it was no DQ or some type of stipulation somewhere. And Ray vows to get eye for an eye during the match somewhere. You know, but the idea, and if you remember when we talked last Monday and my predictions Friday, I said the same thing. I think Ray's going to be off TV for a while. I think Ray, the suspension of disbelief is he got his eye ripped out. And then he's going to be off TV for a little while. This was all done just to get him off TV for a little while. Now the big question is, the hell do you do with Dominic? Put him in. Uh, well, why is he? Would he not be in NXT? He's a rookie, uh, and has Rey Mysterio? Because this does play into it. Has Rey signed a contract yet? As of last week, he didn't, and they turned him down for more money. So, will he necessarily be here? At DT will it be another Dean Ambrose. Oh, well, they're still negotiating. Yeah. They're still negotiating. Yeah. So you know, it, it, it's so they, left, they, left, they left. They left that door open that he could stay or go, and the way they left off. They can write it either way. Yeah. Basically. Look, this reminds me, and by the way, Thunder of Blunder, Deanna Perrazzo, you know, you didn't see Slammiversary last night, right? No, I just saw okay. clips. No, it's fine. So I'll, we're gonna talk, I'll talk about Slammiversary on Wednesday, everyone. But I will agree, Thunder of Blunder, Deanna Perrazzo had an awesome match yesterday. And honestly, I enjoyed Slammiversary more than I enjoyed Extreme Rules. But as Uh, you will hear Wednesday, there were a few things about Slammiversary I did not like either. Um, Especially the women's gauntlet match. But uh, we'll we'll talk about that Wednesday. But, um, you know, this eye for an eye, I don't know what you do with Dominic now. I personally think Dominic turning on his father, but it would have been the way to go. But I'll... I'll say this. This sort of reminds me of Matt Hardy. If people remember, Matt Hardy's contract had expired and they were trying to negotiate a new deal. They wanted Matt Hardy to be more of uh, of um, of a trainer, more maybe in NXT involved with that a little bit. And they did the storyline with Randy Orton to take Matt off of TV then I guess once they realized that there wasn't going to be, they were not going to be worked out, a, a deal worked out, they brought him back that extra week. Randy Orton fucked him up again. And then that was it. Matt Hardy was gone from WWE. This yeah. reminds me of the first attack that Randy Orton did on Matt Hardy. This eyeball thing is a way to take Rey Mysterio off of TV for the time being. This way, if he does not work out a new deal and he is gone from WWE, then the last part that we see is him leaving with an eyeball hanging out. The Vader moment, you know? Yeah. But, um, you know, I think that's that's the way they go with it. If he re-signs a deal, then we'll probably get a simulcast from his house where he's got an eye patch on or something like that, and then it could lead to Dominic... I personally don't know. Do you think WWE uses Dominic still if Ray doesn't sign a new deal? Uh, uh, if he's got the talent, again, I, I've never seen I, I, no footage on Dominic having a full match or anything. 
you know, he could be the best prospect in the world, but that's to be determined, uh, you know, by seeing him in the ring in a competitive match yeah. and not just, you know, jumping people and with his dad in street clothes doesn't really tell us a lot, you know? Yeah. Uh, so maybe they'll keep him. I don't know. I don't know if the whole thing, you know, and I think Ray probably at this stage of his career will do what's best for Dom. If he resigns for less money, even for a year, he'll be like, you know what? My son is the future. My time is winding down. He's super close with his son. Wouldn't be so. I don't think Ray's like, oh, I'm just going to go to AEW, get a big final run. I think Ray's priority at this point, I believe, is his son. So if he stays, I think it'll be totally motivated that Dominic is going to be the new superstar on the Mysterio family. I got news for you. For everybody watching this right now, Dorian Moore, your comment, as I think about it, is, I wouldn't say brilliant, but I think that's the way WWE should have gone. They should have had an I quit match, but they should have spelled I instead of the letter I, kind of reminiscent of Test. You remember Test, God Rest His Soul? You remember that blog that I unfortunately made fun of him right before he died? Yeah, a I lot do. of people, yeah, for a lot of people I don't remember. Test, uh, Andrew Martin, God Rest His Soul. Unfortunately, I don't know what level of high school he actually graduated, but he wrote a rant once about, I don't know if it was steroids in wrestling or something, and he would spell I, like, you know, I object to this, or I don't think this is a good thing. He would spell it E-Y-E. And his grammar was horrible. But they should have done Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins in an I quit match. But instead of using the letter I, they should have put an eyeball or the word I. And then basically you don't extract an I, but basically... You know, the, the way you beat your opponent is you force them to say, I quit, you know? Yeah. And then Ray could have taken the, you know, the Seth's eye or vice versa and put him back. Because if people go back and watch this today, I actually laughed at this. I don't know if anybody saw it. But when Seth Rollins grabbed Ray Mysterio right before he shoved them into the corner of the steps, this was like a, a Callisto moment for me. This was almost like a little bit of an orgasmic moment for me because Rey Mysterio, you know, if anybody goes back and watches it, when Seth was bringing him towards the steps, not only did Rey Mysterio say no, he said it like a little child, like when a little child is about, you know, going to be, you know, like, let's say like pa some parents have like a room and you walk into the room for the children, and when they walk in there, there's like nothing but belts and paddles and just like things you get whipped for misbehaving. And then you you bring your child to that room and the, the kid sees he's about to get whipped from the belt and he's like, no, no, no. Not just no, but it's like, no, <clears throat> no. Go back and watch that tonight. Ray Mysterio, when he's pulling him to the steps, I swear to God, Ray, like a little child was like, no, no. <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful, <laughs> fucking. But um, they should have done an I quit match and spelled it E Y E or just showed the eyeball, and and Seth could have shoved that into Ray in the corner again, fuck him up again. If you want to go to the extent with the eye popping out, make it look a little Vaderish, fine. But they should never have advertised, you know, because people were watching this for the curiosity factor, but. What I read for the last week was not like, oh, man, I can't wait to see what special effects they do. People were more like, I can't wait to see how WWE fucks this up. Uh, 
you should never want people to tune into your product to see how bad you're going to do. It's not like a last place baseball team and you actually watch it because you want to see how could they fucking lose the game today. So I think I quit should have been the way they go, the way they go. Uh, and by the way, it's what I said earlier with Slammiversary, Anthony Diaz, I'm not mentioning any spoilers for the rest of the night, I promise. But Seth Rollins wins. And you know what's funny too? The graphic that they kept showing for the eye for an eye match, they had Dominic in the graphic. We get yeah. Dominic tonight? No. We didn't get Dominic at all. So I, I don't know. I, I honestly, you know what? Makes me wonder. Maybe we kind of answered our own question. If Ray's not coming back, maybe Dominic's not coming back either. Not, I'm not trying to, you know, but maybe that's we why know. we got no, you know, uh, no appearance from Dominic at all. None. You think Dominic okay. would have been concerned? You think Charlie Caruso oh. would have said that Dominic took his father to the hospital? I don't remember Charlie Caruso even mentioning Dominic. Did anybody? Do you? No, and I think it has to do with the, the contract not being signed and them not going all the way with something because then giving that extra TV time to father and son of thinking a jet. I, I, don't, I don't know. I think it does have to play. I'm, I have a feeling something will hear something about this and we can talk about it tomorrow on DTKC. I have a feeling it's going to break tomorrow. Like something about why Dominic wasn't there. And this, if this has to do with leaving it inconclusive because of con ongoing contract dispute. You know what I love Could about be. tonight's recap? I have yes, no sir. notes in front of me. I only oh, have one sentence. I started taking notes halfway through. But where I saw this mm -hmm. pay-per-view going, I'm like, I ain't fucking taking notes. I'm going to just sit back and watch in. this and just let it absorb and um, just take it in how it, how it may. So uh, it was that kind of night. It was that kind of night, though. You know, it was that kind of. It night, was that know? kind of night. And and the yeah. worst part about it is, you know, Extreme Rules is almost like Young Bucks matches in AEW. Like the rules are laxed, so you can have eight men brawling in the ring at the same time, and you got Aubrey Edwards or the other referee just going like this, but not enforcing any of the rules, which is fine. But Extreme Rules, that's the one night a year that anybody could get away with anything for any reason. So WWE right. doesn't have to stay confined into the rules and the storylines. And this, they could have fucking done anything. And we get a sports authority fishing float as a fucking eyeball for Rey Mysterio. God awful. God awful. So with that said, we have Asuka defending the Raw Women's Championship against Sasha Banks. Thought it was a great match. Again, I'm just, I feel Sasha and Asuka and Bailey and Nikki Cross was a little bit too oversaturated on television. You know, one week, this one's confronting this one, and then, you know, Sasha ba Bailey says, oh, you know, Sasha could take on Asuka, and then, oh, Bailey could take on Kyrie, and no, oh, they could fight each other for the tag titles, and then Nikki Cross comes out, and then they're at ringside, and then she's on the table, and then she's off the table, and then they brawl. You do this week after week after week after week. By the time Extreme Rules comes around, that should be the pinnacle. That's where they kill themselves. And that's it. Storylines go this way. But instead, what we get is Asuka spits some COVID-type green mist that the fucking referee is writhing in pain. Oh, my God, I got green water in my eyes. And then Bailey 
I know I'm going right to the end of the match. We'll go, you know, we'll get back to it. But Bailey pulls off the referee's shirt. Now, my thinking is Bailey is going to wipe the green water off of the referee's eyes or try to get a bottle of water ringside, clean the referee's eyes out so the referee can count the pin. Now, Bailey puts on the referee outfit. She counts the three. She's insisting that the bell is rung, and they ring the bell. They play Sasha's music, and they're trying to actually convince us that Sasha Banks won the championship. Now, again, WWE in no way, shape, or form is going to put this on their website tonight that Sasha is the champion. This is just to tease people. Want to know what happened? Tune in Monday night on Raw, and they'll probably have a fucking rematch. You know, and don't get me wrong, Sasha versus Asuka is great. It's great. These are two of the top women battling each other. But if you weren't sick enough of this before, it's probably going to continue on Monday. And this time, maybe Shayna Baszler makes an appearance. So I don't know if there's any conclusion here. What do you think of the match overall? I like the match. I mean, I, I like the matchup between the two. You know, there was some good spots in the match. I mean, I didn't like the fucked finish, but, you know, with the green mist and with the ref with the shirt coming off and barely putting the shirt on. I mean, it's funny, DT, you talked about will people talk about these matches years from now, but I think I've never seen any female match do that before. I've seen men's matches do that where they, you know, put the referee's shirt on and count the three. I've never seen a women's match do that. Uh, it was kind of it was hokey. It was it was stupid, and obviously we're not going to believe that Bailey uh, holds water as a referee to change the title. But it was it was a different way to go. I've never seen them do that before. But I think until that point, I think they had an, a competitive match, and they match up well. They just let those girls go and do what they can do. They're two of the best in the business, so it's a great match on paper, and it should be a great match in reality. But of course, they have to do the hokey finish. And I, but I do believe that they do want Bailey and. Sasha to have all the belts as some sort of gimmick. You know what I mean? Uh, to them to control that. the title. You don't think so? No. no. Even for a, a couple of weeks? Uh, I don't. I think there are Sasha Banks and Bayley fans out there that would love the idea of them holding all the gold. And I could see the promos already. You yeah. know, but those vignettes that they did, trying to compare themselves as some of the greatest of all time comparing to the history. Those vignettes should have aired after they won all the gold. So the fact that they aired so early, it's basically, in, in my opinion, the storyline where Bailey and Sasha are, are are too much into their own, they're drinking their own bathwater. You know what I mean? That, of course, they're top stars. But, you know, them ruling everything, I don't think that is a good idea. My God, you think about... Hashtag give Naomi a chance. You know, where, you don't think people would be in an uproar if Oscar loses it now? And where does that leave Kyrie Sane? And then what do they do about Shayna Baszler? You think Shane is going to feud with Bailey or Sasha Banks? That makes zero sense. For me, the only thing that makes sense is Shayna Baszler versus Oscar at SummerSlam and Bailey right. versus Sasha Banks at SummerSlam. I personally think, you know, my original thought was, hey, you know, my titles are better than your titles, you know. But could you just imagine, think of this for a minute. Let's say Sasha did have the title. And let's right. say they have all the gold. 
Raw SmackDown Women's Championship and the Tag Championships. Could you imagine if Sasha's the Raw Women's Champion and Bayley's the SmackDown Women's Champion and then they have a match at SummerSlam versus title for title? Now Now think about this for a minute. Number one, that means that somebody could walk out with three of the four women's title belts, which is even worse. And number two, Sasha and Bayley are still tag champs. So if they have a match against each other at SummerSlam, they're still tag champs. That makes no sense. So it almost feels like Sasha and Bayley may have to lose the tag titles before SummerSlam, and then maybe... Sasha challenges Bailey, and then you have that split. I don't see it being a friendly challenge. They're still tag but, champs, uh, also. But DT, that's the whole thing. I mean, isn't SummerSlam one month from now, or is it five weeks? Yeah. Is there enough time? Is there enough time to build this up? Yeah, yeah. I, think I so. mean, no, I don't. I mean, it's it's pretty short notice, don't you think? Why would I want more than four or five weeks of this storyline? Did we we just? had oversaturation of Nikki Cross and Oscar and Sasha and Bailey. You add another five, six, seven weeks to that. I mean that that by the time that happens, it's you know, I don't know, man. I I think sometimes less is more and it feels like this storyline with especially Nikki Cross and Bailey, that felt like it went two two weeks way too long on television. Right. I mean Nikki Cross, this was like four weeks ago. Where she's brawling with Bailey around the entrance area, and she's by the table, and she's this that. that was four fucking weeks ago. I didn't want to go through that for five weeks. So I think four or five weeks, enough time. You use the next week or two to set up some type of faux pas or some type of issue, friction between the two. And then that leads to the challenge maybe three weeks from now. And then that gives you a week or two to basically build it up. But DT, is there a possibility that they don't go that direction? Oh sure, without, I, I don't work for them, so they could. No, 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 no. That's you. You, 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 you got a ninety-five to ninety-eight percent track record on these things. You have yeah. Better track. You have a better track record than most podcasters. You really yeah. do. And I'm saying that seriously. But um, here's my thing. What's the alternative plan? You think? Do you even have that in your head? Of if they don't go that way, where do they go with that? Like for SummerSlam, like well, who's going to go up against Bailey? Who? Who, who hasn't beaten her? Who, I mean, who could she beat now? I could see just the tag. If they're going to go an alternate route, Sasha and Bailey could just defend the tag titles at SummerSlam, lose right. them, and then maybe there's a falling out with Sasha and Bailey for losing the tag titles, and maybe that That's leads it to the next pay per view after that where they go one on one. It really depends like how long WWE wants to milk this. Because remember, we all thought Bailey and Sasha Banks was happening at Mania. Mania was months ago, so this storyline is way overdue. So it's a question of how much longer does WWE want to milk it? True. You know, I mean, unfortunately, with the COVID era, WWE's guilty of it, AEW's guilty of it, NXT is guilty of it, where storylines are taking extra weeks. They're not week after week after week building up. You know, I mean, one of the, one of the most god awful storylines right now is Cole Cabana joining the Dark Order. You know, two weeks ago, you know, he wins a match, and then there's nothing the following week. You get Champa 
gets attacked by Karrion Cross a couple of months ago, and it took Ciampa three weeks to come back and get pissed off about it. You know, where yeah. a regular non-COVID era, he'd be out the following week. I'm not leaving this ring till this son of a bitch comes out here and this is that. So they, but all the companies have drawn this shit out way too True. long. True. So, um, so that was your women's championship match. Now we lead to the next to the last match of the night. We have Drew McIntyre defending the WWE Championship against Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler gets to name the stipulation, and um, you know this was uh, part of the Patreon predictions contest. I thought it would be one hand tied behind his back. A lot of people thought the Claymore kick would be banned. But I got to give credit to some people who took note that up until the pay-per-view, there was not one Extreme Rules match on the card. And people are like, wow, this pay-per-view is called Extreme Rules. We don't have one Extreme Rules match on the card. So Dolph Ziggler comes out, and Dolph Ziggler not only makes it Extreme Rules for him, but if Drew is disqualified, um, he loses the title also. So right. we have Dolph, you know, breaking all the rules because he had every right to do so. And, you know, he would bring a chair in the ring and Drew McIntyre would want to use the chair but resist. He doesn't want to get DQ'd. But in the end, and I never thought there was any other outcome, Drew McIntyre retains that championship. What did you think of the match? I, I'm not, a, you know me, I'm not a uh, Dolph Ziggler fan. I'm okay with Drew McIntyre. I mean, I give him credit. It's not easy being champion during this COVID, these COVID times, uh, you know, and Roman Reigns dipping out on the company and Drew stepped up. He's the guy. So I give him respect for that. He's trying. Um, and he's pretty good in the ring. And again, he's come a long way. Uh, the Dolph Ziggler thing is like the Nikki thing. It's just a tweener opponent for now. Uh, not going to waste it on us. Uh, he would never get the shot at SummerSlam, one of the big four pay-per-views. Um, Dolph's always consistent in his wrestling. He's Shawn Michaels light. You know, he's HBK light. If Shawn Michaels wasn't a main eventer and a Hall of Famer, he'd be Dolph Ziggler. I mean, that's Dolph Ziggler's always imitated him his whole career, but he's never going to have the accolades Michaels has. It's just never going to happen. Um, gave him a good match. Uh, the size difference is, is, is major. But again, they, they did what they can do, and I just thought it was a pretty quick, you know, he was tuning up the band, imitating his hero, HBK, and then the Claymore right on point, and he's out, and that's it, one, two, three. So it, it was exactly what I expected, very similar, the male version of what was Nikki versus Bailey, um, a little bit more competitive, my, just as competitive. Uh, but that Dolph is just a good go-to guy. You know, he he's clearly WWE for life, and he's, Take him out of the box when you need him, put him back, disappear, come back when he's not on Fox and Friends or whatever else he does in his spare time. He's a good he's a good utility player, absolutely. But no one took him seriously to win the title, regardless of Rock. I saw the tweet, and that's great that one of the biggest stars of all time endorses him to be champion. But WWE's not that desperate nor stupid. You can't put the belt on Dolph Ziggler even during these times. But it was it was all right. You know, it was all right. You know, a lot of people are starting to focus on Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre because... Yeah, that's, uh, the, that's the match. Yeah. Well, Brock Lesnar was supposed to be returning, and they wanted Brock Lesnar for SummerSlam, but because of the restrictions with Canada still, it looks like Brock Lesnar uh, is not going to be back uh, for at least until late August, early September at minimum, if that. So the, um, the interim... 
would be Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre. I thought the match was fine tonight. I just, and this was my prediction Friday, I thought no matter what the stipulation was going to be, the odds were going to be stacked up against Drew McIntyre. This way, when he overcomes the odds, it's the suspension of disbelief is that the guy overcame these extreme odds. You know, back in the day, we would have some ridiculous... I mean, I remember some matches where... I don't. Need, I can't remember who the participants were. I think Lance Storm may have had one in WCW in Canada, where you know there was one stipulation. Then after the person won the match or was about to, there's another stipulation added to it, and another stipulation added to it, and then another stipulation. So this just felt like, you know, it, it, it was done not to hurt Dolph Ziggler, because look, it was just a Claymore kick, and I'm not trying to diminish it, but the Claymore kick, unfortunately, caused Dolph Ziggler's demise. Other than that, Dolph Ziggler was doing pretty good in the match. So the Claymore kick, it happened, but if you just think of suspension and disbelief and storyline, so many of you thought the stipulation would be the Claymore kick is banned. So if you're Dolph Ziggler, why wouldn't you do extreme rules? No, You can't get disqualified and the Claymore kick is banned. Like, you know, Dolph Ziggler, he's not just intelligent as a character, but he's intelligent outside the ring. And by having them do the stipulation that they did, I don't know, just made it, made the Dolph Ziggler character look a little bit like a, like an idiot, to say yeah. the least. But, um, no, you know, now and then, don't discount Dolph Ziggler ever being WWE champion once again. I think that that could very well happen. I don't know when. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I can tell you right now. Ho ho ho! Green Giant. He is doing a horrendous job at being champion. Um, horrendous. And I guess let's get to the to the main event. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Bro, uh, Bray Wyatt. Remember, it was non-title, everyone. And in my opinion, yeah. I said this weeks ago. The minute they made it non-title told me that Bray Wyatt was winning it. I even tweeted someone earlier, and I said, you know, because people were like, after all of this, why bring back old school Bray? And I yeah. and I said this earlier, and I've been saying this for a while, I, I always thought the monster Bray Wyatt was going to get the win. Um, it was a swamp match. You know, I don't even know how to describe this, but... You know, Braun shows up. There's a sign there. He knocks it down. It, you, and and you hear the music in the background, and it almost feels in the beginning like, all right, they're trying to use the template for the Undertaker AJ Styles match. You know, he shows right. up, breaks things down. The music is playing, blah blah blah. blah. But then we get this, you know, and it, I just thought it was. I know you said you liked it, but I thought it was so stupid because at least with Bray Wyatt versus John Cena right. the whole storyline of that match was psychological and bringing John Cena throughout his career or the Attitude Era and other gimmicks and you know because people used to always say you know can you imagine if John Cena was in the NWO and this and that you know so it, there was reasons behind it 
to to have Braun Strowman, you know, see himself, and he gets knocked out from himself. He beats himself. And then Braun wakes up tied in a rocking chair. And my first instinct, and I know a lot of you felt the same way online, is this motherfucker is tipped over ambulances, tipped over production trucks with Miz and Morrison inside them, tipped over fucking houses. But he's got chains, two, three chains around his fucking rocking chair. And he's supposed to be an invalid now that he can't get out of it. I just... I thought it was the the whole thing. Bray was fine. Bray was, was a star in this, but Braun Strowman, he can't act. It was stupid. They were trying to make him like, you know, the larger in life guy that could overcome. He's beating up people that I'm still trying to figure out who the fuck were they. You know, you, yeah. you know, you couldn't get Eric Rowan to come back for one time. That's what I thought, yeah. I figured that, yeah. Yeah, so we'll just hire some blonde-haired stunt guy to get, like, punched two or three times. I just thought it was pathetic. And you have random people showing up for no reason. You know, the only part that I did like, other than the end, was they tried to tease that Alexa Bliss was there. And, yeah. you know, from the, you know, the mixed tag... Uh, classic that they did, you know, that uh, Braun and Alexa Bliss are close friends and, you know, trying to do a little temptation, you know, where Alexa Bliss, she's not going to be Sister Abigail, everybody. It yes. was mind games on Braun Strowman, just like the thing, you know, like mind games with Otis and he's fantasizing about Mandy Rose. It's just mind games. <laughs> so, you know, like Alexa Bliss is like, you know, you always wanted to, you know, you always wanted to. And the funny thing is, is like, if you ever watch Braun Strowman, when Braun Strowman gets excited about something yeah. in the ring, he licks his lips and he's got this big smile on his face. Here yeah. he's like in a fucking trance, like just a really ridiculously stupid trance. And of course, it, and, and the worst part about it the whole night with that match, the worst part about it, do you remember WHT, Wilmeco Home Theater? Of course I remember that, yes. Anyone out there remember in the 80s and the 90s, if you watched late at night on cable Scramble. television, they would have Ooh. adult movies on late at night? And what would happen is... If you, Candy Stripe versus... <laughs> yeah, it would, they would actually have adult movies. It was Channel 68 here in New York. Yeah, I always called it right. Scrambled Porn. But even mm -hmm. if you had a legal box if you watched adult movies late at night in the 80s and the 90s on cable television you would see an adult movie but for some reason though you would never see penetration you would never no. see their lower extremities you'd see someone banging someone else but you would only see them from the chest up going like this or you would just see their head you would never see below so they have bray wyatt with an axe handle, boom, 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 hitting Braun Strowman repeatedly, but they don't show the actual, you know, like, hitting. They just show right, Braun right, right. with the axe going like this. And then, like, Braun gets up. Like, at one point, Bray hits him, and Braun gets up. I guess Bray missed. We never saw the actual... It reminded me of watching the old porn, 
and you just just for a glimpse want to see somebody's ass at minimum, and all you see is their 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 waist up going like this, and you know that the regular version. And then what they did to fill time. Anybody remember this? Do you remember what they used to do with the clips? They used to repeat them. They would take oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they would take a part of the clip. They would get like thirty seconds of just like the chest up, and then they would just keep splicing it in. So you, there would be like a three minute sex scene, but in actuality, it was only like forty five seconds. But they kept adding to try to make it longer. This right, 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 right. This was not. I didn't like it at all. Um, it was too congested. It was too scattered. It didn't tell that great of a story, you know. And then the boat pulling up. And Braun doesn't see anybody in the boat. And then Bray Wyatt is in the swamp. And then, you know, Braun pulls him under. And then we see the fiend to close it out. You know, again, for me, and I've been saying this weekly, the minute they made it non-title, the, it ruined the outcome for me. Well, I think it was because of the version of Bray Wyatt that you're getting. It's almost, it almost reminds me of going back to Mick Foley and him being Dude Love. Dude Love was never going to really win a championship, uh, you know, even as Mick Foley. But then you had Mankind and Cactus Shack, which were the two major guys out of the four faces of Foley, even though it was four faces, not three. Uh, so the, this is a throw. WWE doesn't, I don't think, see Bray Wyatt, the cult leader, the uh, Hawaiian shirt-wearing, hat-wearing guy, as, as really anything anymore. The Fiend is the future. That's the guy. That's his character now. This is the past, and they'll dip into the past, uh, like Booker T going back to GI Bro. It's not a, a it's, it's a gimmick that he had. It's part of the history. We can dig it up and have a, a good laugh. Even though I thought the Bray Wyatt, the cult leader character, was pretty good. The Rocking Chair Bray, I, I liked it. They could have did a lot more with it. Uh, he won the title at some point, but it wasn't a very memorable title run. Um, but I think they just took it out of the out of the box and said we can we can kind of sacrifice him to get to the fiend because that was the means to an end. It was him to do this non-title so that this Bray Wyatt version of Bray Wyatt is is not that important. But it's all to get to the fiend who I believe will take the belt off of Braun Strowman and then I believe Roman Reigns comes back and takes it from him. Uh, that's what I, I see in the sequence. But this this again tonight this was just to get this whole thing going. I think. I had visions too, DT, if it was going to be similar to the uh, um, graveyard match with Taker and AJ, but not really. I mean, that, that's going to be hard to ever top that. I don't think they ever will. But you're talking about AJ and Taker. Here you're talking about Bray and Braun Strowman. I think Braun Strowman probably fancies himself as maybe, hey, maybe I'll be like the new Undertaker. I'm the big guy. I'm the champ. Uh, I don't really know. I mean, you know, again, Braun Strowman hasn't been the most likable babyface online or offline. Uh, so there's a lot of people kind of rooting against them, honestly. I saw it all over, you know, Twitter tonight. It's like, I can't stand this guy. And I remember two years ago at this time where everyone's like, they should really put the belt on Braun. So, uh, you know, how my, my, how time really, you know, kind of, you know, puts a guy, you know, on the bus or under the bus. But Bray kind of, Braun probably did that to himself. Even the thing with Alexa Bliss. I mean, everybody knows he's sweet on Alexa Bliss. He's the first guy to come to her defense anytime anybody attacks her on Twitter. Uh, he threatens to uh, beat people up all the time on her behalf. You would think they were BFGF. 
Um, so that was kind of interesting. I didn't think that she was Sister Abigail either. Anybody, I saw that online too. That's pretty clearly uneducated fans. Uh, there was no chance of that. It was just playing upon his emotions in a real life scenario that he is, you know, associated with Alexa Bliss. So that was kind of cool. I like the ending in the water where the fiend came out. I'm talking about that that part. So I liked a few minutes of it. I didn't love it. I don't put it on the level of uh, the Taker thing or the John Cena Funhouse Firefly Funhouse match. Yeah, was, not at all. This, yeah, not at all. But it's, it's to me, there was a sequence. DT. They had to this Bray, this version of Bray Wyatt is 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 you know he's. Uh, a throwaway, as far not to me, but the WWE obviously, and the Fiend is where it's at. That's why he finished it up, and now you're saying, "Oh shit!" Next is the Fiend for the title, right? And hopefully, the Fiend will take that belt off Strowman because he's been, I think, he's been a pretty shitty champion. And again, he got the belt by default. Reigns was out. He got he was the guy, he was the guy who fit the suit. That's why he's champ right now. No other reason, yeah, and he's I, not doing a very good job with it. I I disagree about the Bray Wyatt stuff because Bray Wyatt. It's a swamp match. So it makes sense for a monster, the Fiend, to be the oh, one. No, no, I, I get that, but I'm saying they don't see that version of him as ever coming back as a top guy or anybody who can lose or win. Because tonight, DT, when that match, honestly, who won that? Braun Strowman won that match tonight? Was that, does anybody, I walked away from that saying to myself, was there a conclusion to that match? Who is there a winner? Is there a winner in this my, match tonight? My conclusion of that match is this. Bray Wyatt has wrestled next to nothing since COVID started. Right. Um, yes, he had the money in the bank. Yes, he had WrestleMania. But if you actually, if people out there actually add the number of minutes that Bray Wyatt has wrestled since COVID started, um, you could probably count it on your fingers and your toes. Um, I, I'm not making excuses for it. He, him, and JoJo. God bless them. You know they they're they're proud parents. They, JoJo gave birth a couple of months ago, so I understand the caution of not having, you know, being around other people. Bray Wyatt has really not been around anybody for the most part than Braun Strowman for for a while now. So to mm-hmm. me, all this did was just add time to Braun Strowman's reign. Braun right, Strowman. Right. You know, people are still bitter for him being the replacement for Roman Reigns with the Goldberg stuff. People are bitter at Braun Strowman, and it's not Braun Strowman's fault, but they're bitter because Morrison, they basically fed to him two times now. Plus, to me, this match buys time for for Braun Strowman to be off TV. I don't think he shows up on SmackDown Friday. He may disappear for a week or two. So, you know, this, like, writes off maybe Braun for a week or two. And Bray is a monster. The monster won. Bray Wyatt hasn't lost his spot on the roster. It's just that with COVID and a newborn, they have to stall everything with, with Bray Wyatt. You yeah, take away smart. Bray Wyatt, and you tell me on the SmackDown roster right now, you would have feud with Braun Strowman for the heavyweight championship. I mean, you're going to say Matt Riddle too soon. You're going to say no, Corbin. Too, Who too, wants that? No, so no, there's there's nobody right. There's now. nobody. So this was designed to do a match where no belt is on the line to basically do some sci- sci-fi outcome that he's off TV for a little while. And this just buys more time. This is all it is. 
I have no idea when Roman Reigns is going to be back, even though tomorrow I'll post a picture for everyone. He's been working out like a maniac, and he's yeah, I saw jacked. jacked. Yeah, Holy did. shit, did he get jacked. Um, yep. But, you know, right now, you look at the roster and you look who is showing up. There's really next to nobody to feud with Braun for that belt. So this is how they do it. Yeah, you blame a lot of it on COVID, but at the same time, though, you know, this is just, like I said, you look at the matches tonight, Owens-Murphy was was fun, but it felt like a regular Raw match. The tag titles, probably my favorite match of the night. Bailey and Nikki Cross, predictable, did not feel out of the ordinary, did not feel special. It felt like it could have been on SmackDown, same thing. Sasha and Asuka was great. Did not feel special. The ending was shit. Rey Mysterio yeah. and Seth Rollins, the beginning was shit. The ending was shit. It was, and no sci-fi stuff at all. The nope. Bray Braun stuff was eh at best. Ziggler versus Drew McIntyre, The pretty much everybody expected Drew to retain. So you just look at it up and down the card. It did... A lot of the matches that were okay, they didn't have pay-per-view feel to it. A lot of the matches, the only match that had a pay-per-view feel to it, I don't say cinematic matches have a pay-per-view feel, because cinematic is cinematic. The only match that had a pay-per-view feel to it was the tag match. So for me, the tag match for the tag titles was my favorite match of the night. My least favorite match of the night, if, if we're allowed to keep Braun and Bray in it, I probably would go with Braun and Bray. Not because of Bray, not because of Alexa Bliss. I liked some little parts of it, but Braun Strowman's acting is just horrendous. Yeah. You know, it's just, I mean, it's just, it's just, I didn't like it. I did he doesn't, not like he doesn't, it. He doesn't have the, yeah, he doesn't have the chops for it. He just, you know, again, he's got the size and it's probably like Vince McMahon sees him. He's like, God, if he had the Hogan charisma, Ultimate Warrior charisma, or just some crazy fucking macho man kind of eccentric uh, thing that separates him from everybody else. But to me, you know, no offense to Big John Studd, uh, but he reminds me of Big John Studd. Big John Studd was very bland. That's why he needed Heenan as a spokesman. He could talk, but Studd was just kind of a big guy, you know, and he was a big lumbering guy, could, like, like a wrestling a grizzly bear. That's Braun Strowman is a modern-day Big John Studd. Always thought he was. Said it from day one. Yeah. I was told. I was told I was wrong, and now someone wrote me tonight and go, "Kevin is Big John Stud." I'm like, he is. He's Big John Stud. And the way they treated the U.S. title tonight was was shit. It was shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just. I mean, look. If they acknowledge MVP as the new U.S. champion by forfeit, then I guess as far as predictions contest goes, MVP actually gets a rightful win to it. I have to see. You know, how WWE acknowledges that. If it says MVP wins by forfeit, then as far as the record books go, MVP won. Um, you know, I guess the match time would be zero, you know. But I tell you, uh, just this pay-per-view was without question my least favorite pay-per-view of the year so far. Um, I agree. The endings, a lot of the endings were just the Asuka-Sasha thing Going to the back the way they did was just pathetic. It was pathetic. Um, yeah. So on a scale of 1 to 10, I give this pay-per-view, wow, you know, 
I, I give it, I'll be generous. I'll give it a five. I'll give it a five. I mean, the, te, the, the you know, for pay-per-view quality, I give it a four to a five because a lot of this did not feel like pay-per-view. The Seth Rollins Ray stuff was just goofy and hokey. And like I said, the Bray Braun stuff would have been better with better visuals. To just see Bray swinging an axe and you don't see, you know, like him actually. I mean, just think about that with AJ Styles and Undertaker. They used fucking shovels. You saw it connecting. Is, is, does Braun, like, act that shitty that they can't even show, like, Bray? Even when fake Braun, old school Braun hit new school Braun, like, they didn't even show that. There was another time where Bray hit Braun, and he didn't show that. And then towards the end, he's got an axe, and he's hitting it, and they don't show that. I mean, there's just, does Braun just... Is he that horrible of an actor that they can't even, like, simulate that he's getting hit with this stuff? It was like, I'm telling you, it was like 90s porn. You just saw the chest up. I want to see the penetration. I want to see the actual hitting. I mean, just think if AJ Styles or Undertaker were hitting each other with the, with the, the, the shovel, and all you saw was the shovel, but you didn't see the actual yeah. hitting. Braun just doesn't. Braun just doesn't have it that way. I, and I, I, you gave it a five. I will give it a uh, five as well. I was going to give it a six, but I'm like, nah, I, I can't even give it a six. I'd just be giving it a six to be different from you. But I feel the same way. If we go one out of ten, uh, it it's a five. So I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I I did not I did not like it. So no, I won't watch it again. Sometimes I go back and watch other things, catch little things. This is uneventful. I, I agree with you, DT. Years from the, yeah, or even a year from now, nobody will be talking about this because it was uneventful. And I said, other than the Bailey taking the ref shirt off and our count in the three, that might be memorable in the annals of history. I remember when Bailey tried to call the shots and make Sasha Banks champion. Oh, yeah, on that shitty pay-per-view. And then the Swamp thing. I remember the, the Swamp match at the end where the Fiend comes up out of the water. That's it. But other than that, there's nothing memorable about this pay-per-view. The tag team match is good, but they're just they're just holding the belts, I think. Uh, your boys there, uh, Nakamura and uh, Cesaro, I, I think they're going to lose them as quick as they have them. So I don't think there's anything epic. There's nothing historical about this pay-per-view. What school nothing. do you go to says that the WWE.com still has Apollo Crews listed as champion. That, that I mean, they sometimes don't, don't update the champion section immediately. Sometimes they do it yeah. instantly, but sometimes they don't. I have to read the recap on this site. Um, this might be the same thing with Oscar and Sasha. You know, tune into Raw to find out. I mean, yeah, maybe tomorrow. Yeah, they have right. to come to a conclusion with Apollo Cruz. They can't just say he's not medically cleared, so he could. You know, yes, they could just say that since the match never went down that right. they're not giving him the title. But the thing is that this match was signed. So I don't understand, you know, how you get around that. I mean, look, WWE could do whatever they want. They could just say on, on Raw tomorrow that, you know, MVP never... Yeah, you know what could happen? MVP could come out, do his MVP lounge shit, and then he could get right. on a mic and say... WWE officials say that because I didn't actually defend, uh, fight for the title or because Apollo didn't actually defend the title that they will not acknowledge me as champion, but I still have the title. They could do something as simple as that. Apollo Crews is still the champion and MVP. And I'll be honest with you, it would not surprise me if they do that because I think WWE does not want to fuck up Apollo Crews' momentum either. So by right. doing that swerve, they get through extreme rules 
Would Apollo Crews still be in champion? What I don't understand is why not just fucking remove that match and give us Alistair Black and someone else in its place? You know, right. I don't understand why they still had to advertise it up until showtime. Just fucking save it. Like, a MVP and Apollo Crews had to be a, a selling point? You know, uh, eliminate it. You know, give us something else instead. So, would not surprise me if they still keep Apollo Crews as champion. And maybe MVP goes on for the next couple of weeks, insisting on everyone that he's the champion. He showed up, but Apollo Crews didn't. Right. And, and then maybe we'll see some stupidity, you know, in the next pay-per-view. So We shall see. Yeah. By the way, I want to give a shout-out to Dominic uh, McClinn and everybody last night. Um, just to let everybody know, this is for patrons and non-patrons for everybody. Um, we do game night now uh, on the weekends mostly on our Discord channel. And right. I now have purchased like 35 games, a whole bunch of Jackbox stuff and stuff like that. And last night I actually hosted my own games for the first time and it went without a hitch. So I think tonight, possibly, if not tonight, then later on in the week, we're going to do game night once again. And, you know, it's like I said, it's going to be probably towards the evening, but I am vowing to do one during an afternoon, either during the week or on a weekend for our international friends, especially Patron. So we'll probably do one Patron game night for our Patron family and then one for everyone else. So uh, that's something you could look out for in, in the next couple of days. So uh, it's not gay night. Darren, it's game, <laughs> game night, game night. There's nothing wrong with game. gay night, but no, it's no, game night, wrong game night. So, oh, Lord. So, everyone, I hope you enjoyed the recap. Um, we stood under two hours, which is good. Tomorrow yeah. night, you have the DTKC show. On Patreon mm -hmm. Tuesday, you have uh, Kev's solo show, yeah. Castle Chronicles. Yeah, yeah Wednesday will be a return of Wednesday Night Dynamite. I'll get into Impact Wrestling. I'll talk about Joey Ryan few other things and then you know the same routine as next week so everyone hope you enjoyed it before you go yes. if you enjoyed the episode give it one of these keep spreading the word let everyone know about the shows and uh, any final comments before we go no again i enjoyed doing the recap with you more much more than i enjoyed watching the pay-per-view but uh it is what it is but uh hopefully tomorrow night raw will be better than tonight's pay-per-view i have a feeling it will and i'm sure we'll find out tomorrow about uh apollo ray mysterio sasha banks and all the statuses you're right dt you know it's only 11 30 here in new york maybe wwe uh isn't gonna update till tomorrow on some of these questions that some of the fans have that are valid you know yeah so maybe we'll have some updates tomorrow for everybody yeah, there we go. We'll talk about a DTKC tomorrow night. Yep. All right. I'll All talk right. to you tomorrow. Peace, DT. Peace, everybody. All right. Everyone, I say goodbye. You know, a few people out there didn't know who this person is. This, well, you could, I guess we could, no, we could leave the glasses on. This is my Deli Man mask. When I did the Deli Man gimmick for a short period of time, this is my Deli Man mask. See the Italian colors? The DM is for, not for direct message. That DM stands for Deli Man. And I gave him a couple of eyeballs in tribute to, uh, you know, the eye for an eye match. So I th he's on a styrofoam head, but, you know, people actually think he's kind of cute. So, you know, but yeah, that's my original mask. Yours truly. I was Deli Man. And uh, rest in peace, the eyeball. Rip that shit apart. So anyway, on the YouTube page for this episode, post your comments. 
Did you like the pay-per-view? What did you like, dislike, rate it zero to 10? Tell me where you disagree with what was said, what you agree, speak up. I read everything. So everyone, enjoy the rest of the night. Be safe, be well. And uh, if you're around Monday night, I would love for all of you to tune in once again live for the DTKC show right here, 11.05 p.m. Monday night, right after Raw. No closing music tonight. I just say much love as always. Thank you as always for the support. Thank you for help spreading the word. And I'll catch you all again on Monday. Take care. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com.